Welcome to the City Alliance Church Podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our messages. Our prayer is that you would listen, learn, and be inspired to love God, love others, and serve the world. Subscribe and share these messages to bless others. Here's this week's message. Now, you know, last week we kind of kicked off our series, Sermon on the Mound, and uh, one of our former elders who will remain nameless called me out. <coughs> Tol Shabbatis, sorry. <laughs> Allergies. But, but, but he goes up to me, he goes, Nathan, I, I got to ask a question. Like, do you really know anything about baseball? I mean, you were talking about scoring points. You don't score points in baseball, you score runs. And then another guy's, yeah, Nathan, when you hold the baseball bat, you look, you look like a caveman with a club. Like, what are you, what are you doing? So, y'all, I, I've got a confession to make, okay? You know, because, you know, I, you know just, just keep this between us. Don't tell anybody. If you're watching online, you know, don't, don't share it. Just kidding, you can share it. But when I was a kid, 1989, I was eight years old, and I tried out for Little League in Union, New Jersey. So I went up, and I tried out, and I had major league dreams, but a Little League body, okay? So I was super excited, so I was batting and and throwing the ball and, and catching the ball. And guys, this is still a sore subject, but I was actually cut from Little League. Who gets cut from Little League? Like, how, how does that happen? And sure, I, 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 no, sure, I couldn't catch, I couldn't throw, and I couldn't bat. But still, you'd think, you know, you're eight. So uh, this series is kind of my way of healing, okay, uh, through that. But you got to know this. Uh, I've really learned a lot and I really appreciate the sport of baseball. I've had a long time, like my wife is a raving Red Sox fan, so I married into the Red Sox. So for those of you angry, bitter New York Mets and Yankee fans, I'm sorry, but... That's just the way it is. Uh, I'd rather have peace in my home than peace with you. So, so, you know, but we've been kind of looking at what are the different spiritual connections that we can make with the Bible and with baseball. And one of the things that we talked about last week was you actually become the composite of the five people you spend the most time with. And so we talked about who are those five people and how every one of us needs some sort of person who's like a coach in our lives. Uh, We talked about the Apostle Paul. Paul was one of the early Christian leaders. And so he was functioned as a coach to the early Christians because there were no other Christians to model. And so that was kind of who you followed. So he was kind of the coach. And so we gave away these special edition baseball cards of the Apostle Paul that you could all take and catch and collect and things like that. And I said, every week, we're going to be giving away a new limited edition baseball card. So today, we're going to give away a rookie of the year card. So greeters, if you want to go ahead and grab these and start passing them out, just pass them out as fast as you can here. We're going to be looking at the rookie of the year, which is this young man named Timothy. We're going to talk about Timmy and how God used him powerfully. So we're going to pass these baseball cards out as fast as possible. But as they're getting passed out, let me show you the first verse where we see Timothy show up in the Bible. It says this in Acts 16, a disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was Greek. So this is kind of the introduction that we have of Timothy here. And so if you want to go ahead, once you get the card, you can go ahead and look on the back because we actually have stats of the life of Timothy. And here's what it says. Uh, His career or his career stats are his hometown was Lystra, which is actually in modern day Turkey. So if you go to Lystra today, you're going to Turkey. He was born around 64 AD. His heritage is he was actually biracial. 
His dad was Greek, his mom was Hebrew, and he was actually the second generation Christian. And so, you know, early on, you probably know this if you've kind of grown up like reading the Bible, that there was always a tension between Jews and non-Jews. And so at first, when Timmy started his leadership career, he was having a hard time. But because of the help of coaches like Paul in his life, he was able to have an influence to further folks in his churches that he was leading. Uh, His position was he was actually the pastor of a church in Ephesus. How many of you ever heard of Ephesus, right? Ephesus is actually a book in the Bible, and so he was actually the pastor there. And some of the strengths was he was intelligent, he was passionate, and he was known for his perseverance. Some of his weaknesses were uh, he was young, and he was actually, and some of his weaknesses, he was actually pretty young, and he was actually a little timid at first. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But through Paul's coaching, he actually became one of the most effective leaders in the early church. In fact, he died around AD 97 as a pastor, pastoring and caring for this church. He was actually martyred there. And listen, just like all of us, we need a Paul who's a coach who's like pulling us forward. We also need to be stretching back and grabbing the rookies in our life and moving them forward. When we have that kind of group of people in our lives that we're helping move to the next level and also as we're moving to the next level, we actually become well-rounded people and we actually win at life and faith. That's kind of how this works. So I got to ask you, who is the Timothy on your team? I want you to keep that question in the back of your mind. Who is the Timothy? Who's the rookie in your life that you are developing? This could be maybe someone at your workplace. It could be someone that maybe you're spiritually mentoring and spiritually developing. It could be a young mom that's in your life that you're kind of helping. Because I know that when I felt called to ministry, I felt very much like a Timothy. I felt very much like a rookie, like I don't really know what I'm doing at all. Struggled with a lot of insecurity and fear. And I remember there was like this crossroads in my life where I was choosing, like at the time, I was uh, living in Boston and I was uh, working for a nonprofit, but I was also looking at an opportunity to work for a marketing company. And so I was like, hey, which, which route do I go? Do I go the route of, of working in the marketplace? Do I go the route in ministry? And I really wasn't sure what to do. And that's when God brought this leader into my life, a guy named Don Bubna. Now, Don was this guy, he was in his, I think he was in his early 80s. He was like this pastor, this leader, uh, you know, this kind of big time kind of Christian leader. And he lived in Seattle at the time. I was living in Boston, but I was going to school in New York, so I was doing some commuting. And anytime you'd come into the area, we would always grab lunch. He'd always say, hey, Nathan, let's get a cup of coffee. Hey, let's get some lunch. You know, hey, meet me at the airport or the hotel by the airport where I'm staying. I'd love to connect. And I remember sharing with him just kind of the struggles I had and intentions I had and how I really wasn't sure. And one of the things that Don said to me was, and this really spoke to me, he said, you know, Nathan, as a leader, you're always going to struggle with fear. You are always going to struggle with insecurity. You're always going to struggle with all these different things. But don't let fear stop you from moving forward. Don't let fear and limitation hinder you because you don't know what God is going to do. You see, what, what he did in my life was he affirmed something that I couldn't see in myself yet. And here's the thing, with the rookies in your life, here's what they, you, they need to know. And I, and I really think if you take away anything from this message, let it be this phrase right here, which is this. Your affirmation is someone's confirmation. Your affirmation, you speaking truth, Seeing what you see in other people, whether it's your kids, whether it's those that are maybe struggling with insecurity among you, it could be the very confirmation they need to move forward in their lives, to move forward in the calling that God has made them for. Your affirmation is someone's confirmation. Now, maybe some of you are like, well, Nathan, that's great. I'm glad that you've got a Don in your life. But honestly, Nathan, I've never had a Don in my life. And to be honest, I don't even know if 
I have what it takes to really, like, I don't think I have anything to offer anybody. Like, I think people look at me like, man, oh, I don't have anything to offer them. I can't offer anything to the next generation. But you actually have more to offer than I think you even realize. Because, you know, maybe you've heard, you know, that life is like a, a box of chocolates, right? You've heard that before. But what if your life and my life, what if it's less like a box of chocolates and actually more like a treasure chest? What if your life is filled with things that could actually be a blessing to other people. Because you see, your life, your treasure chest, it's filled with experiences, your family of origin, your gifts, your talents, your skills, things that you learned along the way in your life. And what if the very thing you need to do to pass on to the next generation is actually this, is actually to open up your treasure chest and share it with the world? Because there's things that you have in your life that you don't even realize are treasures. For instance, one of the things that you might have is your relationship status. Some of you here I know are married. Some of you are single. Some of you are dating. But your marital status, your relational status, can actually be a way to bless other people. If you've been married for a few years, you can actually help rookie couples that are coming up, like help them, encourage them, help them know that some of the things that they struggle with, it's normal stuff. It's, it's part of the process. If you're talking to folks that are single, opening up your house to them so that they know they're loved and they're cared for, like you can come alongside them with your marriage. But also, you know, if you've been in a relationship, you can also help folks that are struggling with maybe how do you deal with conflict in a relationship, right? Like when you're in a relationship, the one, the, the one thing that we don't really talk about is there's conflict, right? How do you choose to fight clean instead of fight dirty? How do you not cut up the person that you're arguing with or try to tear them down, but actually have conversations and arguments that are constructive, that are uplifting? You can kind of come alongside of couples. You can come alongside of people and help them figure those things out. Or how about this? There's leadership. For some of you, you are leaders in your department. You are leaders in your school. You are leaders in your um, field, whether you're in medicine or whatever it might be. You actually have the gift of leadership. People look at you lead and they're like, how do you do that? Like you seem to do that so naturally and so normally. You have something to contribute no matter what level of leadership that you lead in. Or how about this? Some of you have a spiritual heritage. Some of you know what it's like to walk with Jesus for a really long time. Uh, you don't just know God's word factually, but you actually know what God's word says and you have a practical understanding. You know what happens when you struggle with anxiety, you know where to go to God's word to get help. When you struggle with grief and loss, you know where to go to get it. When you need to get confidence from God, you know where to go and, and you can come alongside rookie followers of Jesus and help them grow in their faith. Help them grow in their understanding of who God is and his love for people. So you have that within you. And, and I think the one thing that many of us don't really see as an asset, but could really be an asset and a gift to others, are these. The skeletons in your closet. You know, the areas that you don't like to talk about. Maybe your weaknesses. Maybe your faults. Maybe even your failures. You know, the kind that when you talk about them, you feel some shame, you feel some regret. But can I submit something to you? That if you're able to bring out your weaknesses and submit them to Jesus and let him heal you, heal those wounds, your greatest weakness can actually become your greatest strength. Because there may be someone who needs to hear your story of failure, your story of regret, and that actually may be the very thing that God uses to open up their lives to them 
or open up their hearts for healing. Uh, I used to be part of a marriage mentoring ministry at my last church, and you know who made the best marriage mentors? Couples that had been divorced and then remarried. Because they know what it was like to fail. They know what it's like to say, hey, here's what you can do differently. Here's what I didn't do. Do this, and your marriage is going to go better. Your relationship will go further, faster. So don't discount the greatest weaknesses in your life, the greatest brokenness in your life, that God can take this, redeem it, and use it for greater good than you could ever imagine. Your life is a treasure chest. You have treasures that you can offer. So I want to look at how Paul was able to come alongside of the Timothys so that we can come alongside of the Timothys and the rookies in our lives and help them become who God's made them to be. The first is this, if you're taking notes. You've got to affirm their gifts. Affirm their gifts. Look what Paul says to Timothy. He says this, For this reason, go to the next slide. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So, so remember, Timothy is this rookie pastor, and he's really struggling with confidence. He's like, man, I don't know if I'm a good enough leader. I don't know, you know, I'm this, I'm this young kid, and I'm leading these folks that are in their 30s and 40s and 50s. Like, do I really have what it takes? And what Paul says, who is this leader, says, hey, Timothy, you have what it takes. I want you to lead. You've got the fire within you, the fire of God's Holy Spirit. You have the fuel to lead. And it says, in fact, if you look at your card here, it's got this picture of Paul who's praying over Timothy. Because it's, what's, it's what the Bible calls the laying on of hands. Because think about it, in the early church, there were no MBAs being given out. How did you become a leader? Well, you worked with great leaders. Great leaders would develop you. Great leaders would equip you. And then what would they would do as part of your graduation is they would lay hands on you. When they laid hands on you, it was like you were being crowned and set apart to lead. That was the purpose of laying on of hands. And so that's what Paul was doing. Paul was laying his hands on Timothy so that he could remember who God, who God had made him to be. He was affirming his gifts. You know, when I was a young youth pastor, I remember that there was a kid that I was, um, you know, that was part of my youth group. His name was John. It's not his real name. But like John, great kid, you know, loved spending time with him. Uh, one day, his mom says to me, hey, Nathan, can I talk to you? And usually, like, when a parent talks to me about their, you know, says what they want to talk, I'm like, oh, it's probably about their kid. So, you know, John, and, you know, so, so we're sitting, and she goes, hey, could you talk to John? I know he's a great kid, but, you know, he, he's really struggling, and we don't know what to do, because he keeps sneaking out of the house and smoking pot in the woods in the backyard. I said, okay, that, that sounds like a problem. Um, so, you know, I said, all right, let me go talk to him. So I went and, and I spent some time with John. I got to know him, got to know his story. And, you know, as I got to, you know, get to know John and, and I'd observe him, some of the things I'd see is whenever John was around, he would always have a group of people with him. Like when he would go to the gym, he'd work out and he had these, these group of guys that would be working out with him. When he was just kind of, you know, go, you know, walking around through town, you know, going to the corner store, he had this group of guys with him. Of course, when he was going around and smoking pot, he had this group of guys that were always with him. And I realized, oh, snap. Like, John, John's a leader. John is leader, but, but his leadership is kind of misguided. He's kind of taken these, these kids in the wrong directions. And so I had a conversation with him, probably using the four most important words in the alphabet. It's these four words here. I-C-N-U. Let's all say that together, and if you're watching on, let's type these letters out. Ready? I-C-N-U, which stands for this. I-C-N-U. 
So I had a very candid, very direct conversation with John. I said, John, you are a leader. And when God gets a hold of your leadership, you are going to be able to be a force of change in this world. People look up to you. People admire you. People want to follow you. But you're wasting your gift. Don't do that. Be who God has made you to be. And at first, he was kind of like, oh, that's kind of weird. But, but over time, over time, he really was like, yeah, like, I think I'm supposed to be a leader. And he rededicated his life to Jesus. And God did some incredible things in his life. I, I remember, well, you know, but towards the end of like, his high school years, he was involved in our leadership team at youth group. And then he went away to Rutgers University, and he got involved in crew. And so he was a leader in crew, leading Bible studies. He was part of the engineering department. And the engineering professor who was overseeing the department said, John, you are an incredible leader. Like, would you mind leading our department? So now he's leading in this department as other college students, and, did an, and then he ended up doing an internship with NASA, NASA, and loved it. They loved him. He's actually finishing up his PhD in space noise, which is what smart people do. I have no idea what that is. Like, <laughs> like according to Star Trek, there's no noise in space. I don't know. But here's what I think was so important about that. You know, we still talk, and it all began with a conversation where I was affirming his gifts. Now listen. I could have done, hey, dude, you're, doing, you're screwing up here. You, know, you shouldn't be smoking pot. You shouldn't be sneaking out of the house. You shouldn't be doing... I could have focused on all the things he was doing wrong. But he needed someone to say, hey, this is where God is we're using you. And I think as parents, we need to remember, like, yes, we're called to correct our kids, but we also are called to speak into them the gifts that we see. The things that we see happening inside of them the good things, we need to call those things out as early as possible so that they can remember who they are. Because you know what the world wants to do, just tear, ever the, tear them down. Amen. That's right. Your affirmation may be their confirmation. So affirm their gifts. But there's another side to that. You want to affirm their gifts of the rookies around us, but you also want to acknowledge their weaknesses. Because a rookie needs to become aware of their limitations, the places where they struggle, in order that they can get help in those areas, so they can strengthen up those areas. Look what Paul says to Timothy when he's struggling. He says this, For the Spirit of God gave us, the Spirit that God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. There's some evidence that Timothy, that Timothy, timid Timothy, struggled with anxiety. He struggled with, with being timid. He, he, he wasn't leading because of all sorts of reasons. We don't exactly know why, but we see kind of Paul addressing some of these things. I mean, maybe he wasn't really that organized, okay? Maybe, you know, he looked really young and his voice got squeaky, right? Maybe he just had stubble all over his face and he couldn't grow any facial hair. Whatever it was, Paul said, hey, let's just walk through your weaknesses and talk about how we can strengthen you. And, and this is a part of the developmental process. In fact, we see this all the time, this idea of giving feedback that's, that's going to lead to people getting healthy and to grow. In fact, one of the best examples is the relationship between Tommy Lasorda and Oral Hershiser. See, Tommy Lasorda is known as this coach that gives really passionate, fiery feedback. And, you know, Oral Hershiser is probably one of the greatest pitchers of all time. And so during 1984, it was Hershiser's rookie season. And he's, you know, pitching and not doing a great job. Just, you know, having a bad game. So Lasorda comes out to him and gives him some really direct but very fiery feedback. What are you doing? You got to get better. You can't, you can't play like this. Your, your pitches are wild. They're out of control. And Hershiser just said, yeah, I just, I just wasn't feeling it today. So Lasorda says to him, listen, the difference between a good pitcher and a great pitcher is they don't let their feelings get in the way. 
They're consistent. Every time they're on the mound, they are throwing their best. You've got to figure out a way to find that fire and channel it into your pitches. You've got to find that fire inside you, and you've got to go for it. And at which Hershiser said, all right, coach, I'm in. I'm going to work. And Hershiser worked really, really hard. But here's one of the things I loved about what Lasorda said. He said this. He said, but listen, I'm going to be with you every step of the way, helping you get better, helping you find that fire and channel that fire. Guys, the Holy Spirit is kind of the Tommy Lasorda in our lives. He is with us, and he's with the rookies in your life, helping you with your weaknesses, helping you with your limitations, helping you find the fire so that you can take the fire of God into every aspect of your life. But, but here's the thing. So many of the rookies in our life, or maybe even yourself, you come and you, you, you know your weaknesses. You, you know your limitations. You know your struggles. And you're tempted to say, this is all I am. I'm only, the, I'm, only the, I'm only my failures. I'm only the brokenness in my life. But guys, that's not who God's made you to be. When you are able to take God's word and couple it with your weaknesses and remember how God sees you, your weaknesses become your greatest strength. Amen. See, the world may try to say to you that you are worthless, but God's word says that you are of great worth. You're so worthy that I died for you. I gave my life for you so that you would have eternal life. The world may say all you are is your failures. All you are is your weaknesses and give you those labels, but God says your label is child of God, son of God, daughter of God. That's the only label that you need to worry about. The world may say, well, you're a loser. You, you, lose, you lost your job and no one wants, well, whatever. What God's word said is you are of great worth. My love for you is like an endless ocean. Take your failures, take your weaknesses, take your brokenness, and give them to me, and they will be your greatest asset. That's what our God does. He takes weaknesses, and he turns them into strengths. Paul said, when I am weak, that I am what? I am strong. That's what our God does. So I want to encourage you. When you're working with the rookies in your life, Don't be afraid to share with them the parts of your own life that are broken and how you've been surrendering them to Jesus and how he's transforming those. Don't buy into the lies of the world and the labels the world tries to give us. And finally, number three, cultivate their character. Cultivate their character. Coach Paul tells Timothy, he says, keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. See, Paul knew that Timothy's character was going to break or make his success. Maybe you've heard the saying that talent will get you into the room, but character keeps you in the room. And so when you have, you got rookie leaders or you got rookies underneath you, sometimes the thing that often shocks beginners or rookies in your life is when they have to experience suffering, when they have to experience pain, when they have to experience setbacks, when they have to experience loss. Because I think most of us, we just assume that life when we're young is going to go up and to the right all the time. But here's the thing, and here's the reality, and this is what's so important for you and I to communicate to the rookies in our life, is that character can only be forged through suffering. Character, our greatest times of growth and development happens in those hard places, those difficult places, which is why it's so important for you to come along the rookies in your life and to encourage them when they go through those things. Hey, listen, I know that you're struggling in your marriage right now. I know that you're struggling with your boyfriend or your girlfriend, and I know there's some conflict that you're, that's new that you're trying to figure out, but listen, this is normal. This too shall pass. Let me help you learn how to communicate better. Let me help you how to process your own anger and your own pain so it doesn't become something that kind of leaks out of you. I can do that. Or, or maybe you're coming alongside of a, lead, a young leader in your organization or maybe a coworker that's struggling. You're like, hey, listen, I, I know you're having a hard time right now, but 
listen, you're going to grow through this. You're going to learn the lessons that you need to learn. It's going to make you a better leader. It's going to make you a more compassionate leader. You're not going to be all about the bottom line, but you're all going to be about, how do I help and care for the people around me? Remember what you're going through. And remember, there's things that you can learn from that. Guys, when we talk about the people around us, we need to learn how do we cultivate that in them. I remember early on when I would talk to just different Christian leaders who I really respected and I wanted to learn from them. And I, oftentimes I'd look at, you know, I'd take a I'd look at their playbook. And one of the things that many of them would do is they would wake up early to have their time reading the Bible. And so one of the things I would do is like, you know, I would start waking up, you know, I was a night owl in my early 20s. And I started transitioning to being a morning person, still a work in progress at 40. But learning, okay, maybe if I wake up a little bit early, wake up at five, wake up at six, so I can open up and spend time with God's word. Let this be the first thing I do in the morning, so I'm set up for the day. And I stole a page right out of their playbook, because I'm like, that's what I want to do. I want to be like those leaders ahead of me. And guys, you are those leaders. You're those parents. You're those coworkers, bosses, managers, that are a little bit further ahead of other people, that you can pull those rookies forward. So I'm going to ask that question again. Who's your rookie? Who's your rookie? Maybe for some of you, it's like, okay, my kids are my rookies. Like, my, my kids, and I totally get that. That's awesome. But if you're a mom, are there other young moms that you're taking under your wing to be a rookie? Are there other folks in your industry that you're kind of taking under your wing that you can develop? Or even as a family, who are the rookies in your life? Or even rookies to the city that you may consider or praying about caring for? And if you're in a place right now where you're trying to identify who that rookie is, I want to give you an opportunity that I just learned about. Um, You know, one of the things that is happening, you know, colleges are about to start, kids are about to come back to school, and we're going to have all these rookies from all over the world. They're going to be coming to Williamsport, and they need some Pauls in their life. They need some coaches in their life to help them grow and develop in their understanding. And so we've got a great opportunity. So I want to invite my good friend and my sister in Christ, Dr. Paige Carroll uh, Woods from Lycoming College to come up and share about that opportunity. Can we hear it for Dr. Paige Carroll? Oh. Let me get you a seat. You can have a microphone, no problem. Awesome. Well, listen, for, for those who don't know you or what you do, why don't you give us a little introduction for those of us or those of us online? We'd love to give, we'll give you us your 30-second bio. Well, as um, Pastor Nathan just mentioned, Dr. Paige Carroll Woods, I am the Assistant Dean for Student Success at Lycoming College. Loaded title. Don't ask me what all goes into that. But what, I'm, what brings me here is um, I recently wrote a grant last year for Lycoming College, and we were able to receive it from the FCFP, uh, First Community Foundation. And so um, my family were here, uh, my boys are right there, my husband is usually here, but he works at Penn College, and as you know, they're welcoming in students today, so he's there working. But we're Open Williamsport is a new program we are kicking off. So just about us, real quick, um, the other, because I kind of got off what you just asked me, but we're <laughs> from North Carolina originally. Um, and moved here a year ago, but we've been Florida for years and Washington State, now Pennsylvania. So we're here till the boys finish school. That's awesome. And we're excited that you're here with us. And I know you started sharing a little bit about Open Williamsport, but maybe give us, you know, a little bit more like what is Open Williamsport and, you know, why do you think it's important for us to be aware of that? So to, to get to that point, I need to give you some quick history, which is that I went to West Point and as a cadet, uh, midshipman or airman, every 
Um, one of them is given a sponsor family. So obviously, you know, the rigor of the academies, you have military responsibility, academic and athletic, and it's often very challenging. They should have a very low retention rate, um, but they have 97%. So they're doing something right there because you're not allowed to leave post. What I found is that sponsor family became a support system, a second family for us through those years. And when I got here, I said, man, we have a lot of students who are hundreds of miles away from home. You know, they want, you know, a home cooked meal, a home away from home. They should have a secondary support system in our community because they're so disconnected. And mm. that's what prompted Open Williamsport. So it is a host household program that is simply there to just be a secondary support for a student who's coming from major cities. Um, they're usually first generation and they're of the global majority. That's awesome. So a couple things that you said there. I love that story about, you know, when you were at West Point, you had this support family that was kind of like your family away from your family, your home away from home. Sounds like the church a little bit, right, guys? Um, so it's interesting. And then I love just kind of your, hearing your heart and getting to know you and your family of just kind of creating that community. So let me ask you this. I mean, this seems like an awesome opportunity. So if we wanted to get involved with this, is this something where we need to say, all right, today we need to get involved and we're going to be involved for four to six years in this kid's life and they got to, you know, we've got to, like, what does that look like? So I don't want to scare anyone away. You hear host household and you might think bringing in it like a typical international exchange student. This is not that. I like Homing College is a residential campus. So all those students have a residence. This is simply like if they want to get off campus to just get away from their dorms or, or have a home cooked meal that you're there or maybe they're in a, a play and they're looking for just someone to come and visit because they can't get home for Thanksgiving or they can't family can't come visit you know that kind of thing so this is not um, doesn't have to be a long-term commitment we've built it so that there are some static points throughout this fall semester just three points that we know are significant for families coming to visit or just having that connection so static points but you can make it as fluid as you you build with that actual student. So real quick, when you say static points, what mm -hmm. you're saying is there's three kind of events that yes. you guys are putting on that we would be invited to to connect with that student. Yes, yeah, so we are going to open up, um, unfortunately, on the Black Party Day, but it'll be at approximately lunchtime on the 9th. We're going to have a Hiawatha. We're taking care of that for all host households and the student, a chance for you to meet your student in a safe place with other with the other host households and, and students. We recognize that it's kind of awkward, like I want to do this, but how do I meet this stranger? So we want to give you those group events where you can get to know them in a safe place, okay? Yeah, I appreciate that because sometimes like that's the first part that's kind of hard, like how do I get into this? Yeah. And then what if we, you know, they come to our house, it's just, it's a total, it, it just doesn't work, but being able to meet them at a kind of neutral event and then from there, families can take the, you know, hey, come on over, they can kind of take it from there, correct? Yes, that is it's the fluid nature of it. You can make it um, however you all build that relationship and communicate. If that's something you build a system with them, but don't worry, we have a, you know, a training we're gonna do. We have um, a connect point that if you have questions, if you're having issues, we recognize that as much as we have built a system that we feel like can match you well, that it's, it, we're humans and there's still gonna be things that just don't work. So we, um, this is our pilot year. So this is where we're gonna learn from it. And if you're willing, we'd love to have you be a part. So this is at the ground floor. Yes. Oh, so we could be pioneers or guinea pigs, however you wanna term that. <laughs> um, some of you may not may know this, but um, you know, one of the things that our church did many, many years ago is we did an adopt a college student program. Were any of you a part of that adopt a college student program? Okay, a few of you were. And so where we essentially adopted a college student from Penn College or LICO and, you know, cared for them. In fact, it was so successful. In fact, our youth director is a, is a, um, 
is from that. Right, Andrew? Give us all a wave. See, we adopted Andrew and he didn't leave. So <laughs> this is great. Good. So this is an opportunity for us as a church. You know, we, one of the things that, you know, whenever I, I ask people, hey, what made you stick around at City Lines Church? People say the community. I love the community. Well, here's a chance for our community to look outward, not just focus what's in our walls, but actually go, hey, how can we come alongside these young college students? I mean, these college students, you guys know this, four years. Those of us who have gone to college, you know, it can be one of the most significant times of your life. The most times of life change happens, the most time of growth and development happens. So this is an opportunity for you and I to demonstrate the love of Jesus as we are inviting them into our homes, into our church, and into our community. So I want to encourage you, if you have the, if you have the desire, if God is speaking to you, to go ahead and become a part of this. So, so how do we get involved? Like, what, What's our next step? Great question. So as you um, see us holding, we have these cards here. There are, they are also located in the back when you leave. Um, I'll also be standing there. But we have a QR code on there simply that you can scan, or if you're not a QR code person, you just want to type in the website. It's on the back. Uh, that website basically is going to tell you the same thing I told you, but the most important piece is there a sign up, there's a sign-up link. Okay, that's not signing up to do it. That's signing up just to find out more details. Get more information. Okay, and mm-hmm. that's going to come right to me, and I'm going to reach out directly to you and say, hey, could you, would you like to set up a virtual or in-person meeting so I can give you the details and break down the application? And quickly, I'll just tell you, like, we want to vet you all and we vet the student because we don't want to put either of you in a worse situation than you're already in. So there's background checks, there's um, a pretty detailed questionnaire, some letters of recommendation from the community, and a letter of interest. But I can tell you all of that if you just sign up here, sign up to hear more. And then better yet, we even have an open Williamsport registry that we've created that if you're not quite ready to have someone in your house to have them over for meals. You know, maybe you want to just be a call away if they just need to get off campus and have coffee or have, mm. a, have a lunch or something. And that could be our open Williamsport directory because the whole point is to get them in, in, engrossed and connected in Williamsport as a community and not just look at this place as, I went to Lycoming College. What if they go home and they say, yeah, Williamsport was an amazing community for me, and that's home because mm. they welcomed me. That's what the point of this program is. That's awesome. Well, hey, thank you so much for sharing. Can we hear it for Dr. Carroll? So as a church, we always want to talk about what's our next step. How do we take this from theory and actually make it practical? So I want to encourage you to get a chance to talk to uh, Dr. Paige Carroll, get to know her story. Her kids are here. And if you're feeling this is a way for you to connect with rookies, in your life, because you're like, how do I do that? Or how do I, we do that as a family? The family that serves together has a huge impact. And this could be something that you and your family could do together. But I also want to share with you a couple opportunities that we have in our church as well, because this is something that we as a church really believe. We want to develop the rookies, the Gen Z in our midst. And so if you're looking for ways to get involved, I would encourage you to think about serving with our city kids. How many, make some noise for the city kids leaders. How many of you, how many of you right now serve with City Kids right now? Wow. That's a big chunk of our church, y'all. Uh, 30% of our church, or I'm sorry, a third of our church is kids elementary school and younger. And so that is awesome. Like we are, we are multiplying in many, many ways. Uh, and so it's a great way for us to continue to uh, invest in the next generation. Guys, we have a generation right now that is walking away from church. And so we have a beautiful opportunity to invest in the next generation to help them know what God is like by the way we care for our kids. Another way to connect is Alliance Youth. 
uh, our high school students uh, are, they need people to speak into their lives. I think of that kid, John, like I was able to speak into his life. And I know many of you have stories of how you've been able to affirm people's gifts in them and it was confirmation for different things. You could do that today. In fact, one of the things that's really exciting today is our high school girls met and they've been meeting as a high school girls small group and they meet, I think, every couple of weeks. I know they're continuing to grow that, but that's really exciting. We're actually now looking at how do we develop the high school kids in our midst as our church is growing. And I know that Andrew would love to add a like a, like a group for discipleship for boys, middle school, high school. If you have an interest in that, you could talk to Andrew back there. Give us a wave, Andrew. There you go. You could talk to him about how you can invest in the next generation of high school men and, um, and girls in our church as well. Also, you can become a city group leader. Uh, as Robert talked about earlier today, we're going to be kicking off city groups this fall, but maybe you have a heart to develop uh, adults. Maybe you have a heart of creating community. So I want to encourage you, sign up for a city group. Come and just observe for the first semester, and then if you want to stick around, you can kind of get more involved that way. You can serve in different aspects in the city group, but it's a great way for you to develop and to find rookies among you. Right now, I want to invite the worship team to come back up. And I think for some of us, we can kind of look at this and go, man, is this another thing I need to add to my schedule? Is this another thing I need to do? Like, Nathan, I don't have time. I barely have time to see my own friends. How do I have time to add a rookie into my life? Well, you know, I think God gives all of us the same number of hours. But how do we use those hours? For instance, we all eat dinner. But what would it look like if you had an extra chair at the dinner table that you could make space for a college student, for a high school student, or for a middle school student? And what would it look like when you're running your errands? I've got to go to the grocery store, but maybe, you know, I'm mentoring this middle schooler. Maybe I can bring her along with me and continue that conversation as I'm doing the things in my life. You know, in the Great Commission, where in Jesus' last words, he tells us what our marching orders are, what our mission is, he says, go and make disciples. But if you look at the Greek, it says, as you go, as you're going through life, as you're doing your thing, bring people along with you. Bring, the disciples, bring in disciple people. Because remember, you have a lot to offer. There's a lot of things that you've been through, things that have happened, things that you've experienced, things that you learned that can be a great blessing to the next generation. And I don't want the next generation to miss that. I don't want them to miss you and the impact you could have on them. Let me pray for us. Lord, we come before you and um, maybe some of us, we like the idea of investing in rookies, but we kind of Maybe we're like Timothy. We, were, we feel a little timid. We feel like we don't have anything to offer. But Lord, we probably have more to offer than we realize, God. There's more in our treasure chest than maybe we give ourselves credit for, God. But I pray that right now you would activate, that you would activate in us a desire, Lord. I think of that conversation with Oral Hershiser where Lasorda says, you've got to find that fire. Lord, your Holy Spirit was within us. And you've called Timothy to fan that into flame. Would you fan that flame in our own lives? In those places where we lack passion, would you relight that flame? In those places where we have the passion but not the follow-through, would you teach us to have that follow-through so that we can become and accomplish what you've called us to do? In your son's mighty and awesome name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We pray that today's message encouraged and inspired you. If you live in the Williamsport region of PA, we'd love to engage you in person. You can find more information on service times, city groups, 
and our incredible kids and youth ministry at citylions.org. That's citylions.org.